Hey, hey, everybody. With you always, Jonathan Deskins with my hetero light mate. Life mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking up out of the gate. Um, you know, I think we're just going to call this one Mixed Bag Part 2. I didn't really have any subject matter that I wanted to stick to. But I think this one's going to touch on a bunch of stuff that we've sort of dabbled in throughout. Um, a little bit of paranormal, a little bit of cryptid. Uh, we've got a bunch of movies that uh, we want to talk about. Some are older, some that are coming out, some that we've recently watched. Um, I don't know. We, we may go off the rails on this one a little bit. <laughs> um, just basing on what I've got circled and, and underlined in my notes. But... So I want to start it off. Last time we, I don't know if we spoke on Thinning the Veil Part 2 about the UFO conference. I think we did. We did. Um, At least a little bit. Yeah. An interesting thing that I just saw recently, and I think people gave Tom DeLong. I, I don't know if you know who he is. It's the guitarist from Blake 182. Yep. People gave him a lot of shit yeah. when he first started coming out and like really putting his theories out there about aliens yeah. and UFOs and things like that. And uh, I think people were like, Okay, dude. And he kind of like fell off and kind of went and I don't really know what he was doing. This was pre them getting back together. But I always thought the guy had some pretty interesting things to say. I, I thought yeah. maybe he kind of, whatever, kind of had gotten a little uh, into the fringe, into the fray with some of the ideas. Yeah. Turns out he was fucking right. Now, yeah. I'm not saying what he, and I'll, I'll mention the interview that I saw with him, what he talks about in that. But I did see a, a video, a very small video of a Blink-182 show somewhere in Europe or whatever. And it's him and on the, the big like monitors on the side of the stage. It said, aliens are real, fuck you. And he's, just, <laughs> he's got his middle finger up. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some validation, you know, again. So I think what's important to, to mention in, in the interview that I saw with him the other day. And this is kind of why I wanted Brett Zambito to be here because we've had this conversation a few different times. The theory is, and I sort of stand behind this, is that aliens aren't, in fact, extraterrestrial. They're not actually coming from somewhere else. They're either here or they're interdimensional. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that sounds kind of wacky, but it's now been proven, too, that we are, in fact, there are other dimensions. They know that much, but they don't, I mean, I don't think there's much beyond that as far as knowledge goes or re i'm sure there's constantly there's probably research being done that we don't know about they may know it's very possible yeah. um i don't want to get out the tinfoil hats for this but <laughs> you know um we've not gotten flagged by the government yet um but what he says and the way he describes it is if this race of beings whatever they are or they aren't he thinks that they're already here and have been here for some amount of time and his theory, and a lot of other people's theories, are that they are interdimensional. And if they're so far, or so technologically advanced, that maybe they figured out a way to, like, find a vessel that could travel in between dimensions. So, what he's saying is everything in this world is a frequency. It's based on frequencies. And he kind of puts it in such a way that if through, I'm not even sure how he put it, but through certain, I'll call them exercises, whatever you want to say, um, you can sort of tap into the different frequencies and he takes it as far as to say that if 
a civilization or a race was so technologically advanced, maybe they figured out how to tap into those frequencies and move through dimensions. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of interesting because when you do some of the research, and, and we, Brett and we were all talking about this last time, a lot of times, like these Navy pilots will see these things go into the ocean. And I think people always just kind of assumed that yeah. like they were crashing in the ocean. Yeah. But it's becoming more and more frequent that they're they're yeah. coming out of or going yeah. into the ocean. Now, I don't there's no denying that we have still not explored the right. depths the depths right. of the ocean. I can't remember what the percentage is um, that we've not explored, but it's it's fairly low that we have. For sure. So I saw an interview with Neil deGrasse, whom I you know whether you're into him, whether you're not, I, I'm not saying I buy everything he's got to say, whatever. But there was an interview, and I can't remember who the woman was. I, she was like a famous psychologist or some Anyway, but she had put it, the unit, and I like this perspective too, and what I'm saying, this is sort of in contradiction to them already being here. But the way she put it was, if you walked up to the ocean with a 12-ounce glass of water and you filled the cup up with ocean water, um, that's basically what we've explored of our own galaxy, I think is how she put it. So basically saying, like, chances are you're going to get some life. Yeah. But it's it's almost literally a drop in the bucket of what's actually out there. So, you, right. it, so it's kind of an interesting way. That kind of goes both ways, like, because whether it is interdimensional or not, the galaxy is still so vast that it's almost impossible to believe. And we touched on that before, so I'm not going to go quite down that rabbit hole. But I just thought it was interesting how he was putting it as everything's a frequency. So if something was able to tap into that or have enough knowledge about the different frequencies that maybe that's how they move. Um, and he actually had gone on to say, like, um, I can't remember the term he used for our brains, but he said that he had thought, like, or put it as such that our brains were... Oh, Jesus. Almost like receptors, basically. Like antennas, basically. He had said like that. And he had said that, like, um, he put it, like, with paranormal activity, too, that if you could figure out how to rewire or, like, train your brain to, like, I'd say you're looking at a bookshelf and you're, like, you're just focused on a book moving, he goes... If you were able to train your brain in such a way, you could almost make that book move, not through like telekinesis, but like by tapping into another dimension or something in another dimension that would pick up on that frequency and move the book. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, there's, a, I mean, yeah. it's it's all theory. I mean, I don't know if there is any fact to it, but I like that theory of them not being from space, that they're already here. Right. Yeah. There's it, there's a lot of well. I mean, if you look back to that James Cameron movie, The Abyss. Oh! That, that's which, like one of the few movies in Hollywood where they were in the ocean. Mm -hmm. They were already here. Just way down. And, and they had craft that could, you know, maneuver in the ocean, but they were kind of like our version of a drone. Right. So, so again, I'm not saying I believe either way, because I'm a firm believer, and I, we did talk about this, and how vast the galaxy is. It's just almost yeah. impossible to believe that there's not... I mean, they found life on right. other planets. Right. Not intelligent life, necessarily, but I think it's sort of narcissistic. Or, I don't want to say ignorant, necessarily, to, to not think that there's not something else out there. Right. Whether they're traveling here from there, or they're already here, take what from which you, whatever direction you want to go. 
and whatever you want to believe, there's plenty of people behind both. And there's yeah. people that believe that there's lizard folk living under the airport, which is actually a thing. People really believe that. There's yeah. feeds on Reddit. Yeah. God, Reddit is a... <laughs> Boy. Sometimes I find myself going... It's just like YouTube, too. Like, you, you'll click on something, and then you realize, like, an hour and a half later, how far you've gone down. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, oh, how did I get here? Anyway... Another thing that I don't... This was just a, a recently, within the last couple months, um, the Las Vegas backyard crash landing. I don't know if we talked about that before or not. I don't think we touched no, on that. I don't think we touched on I just that. thought it was sort of interesting because it was it was actually on police body cam footage. That's when I think you really know stuff is... Pay attention well, to if, if they've... You know, if it's on footage, something they have, or if they file it in a report or something like I, that. Like, and I think... There's got to be something to I, it. The credibility, because the guy speaks in such a skeptical manner. Because yeah. I, if I remember correctly, he's got someone pulled over, or a, a couple of people pulled over in yeah. a car or whatever. And he stops, and he's like, hey, like, how, did, did you guys see that? And the people in the car were like, yeah. And then he ends up radioing another officer who's in the general vicinity and says, hey, like, you know. And I think the guy says, like, yeah, I saw it, but I wasn't going to tell anybody. Yeah. You know? Well, and I get it. I mean, it... Even though now it's it's starting to come to light, so I don't think you're going to look like a kook so much. Right. But still. I mean, especially in law enforcement and military yeah. and, and yeah. Then those things. I mean, that's jeopardizing your career. You don't want to... Who knows? But yeah. So that happened. And then um, 911 dispatch received a call from a... Span, uh, not Spanish, Jesus. A family. And they had basically said they saw something crash into their backyard. And I think they had owned... I don't know if it was like a trucking company or like a heavy equipment company, but they had heavy equipment in their backyard, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they called and they said, hey, like this just happened and we've seen not people, but there's something out there. They're about eight foot tall with huge eyes. And he, the, the guy said, they're, they're not humans. Yeah. And I we talked about this before we started recording too. There is a picture and if you're listening to like, Bigfoot podcast or anything like that. They call it Blob Squatch, which is basically just like the inability to get a clear it's picture. It's just always blurry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I think I heard somebody jokingly say once that they're like, well, maybe Sasquatch is just naturally blurry because every picture that you see. I mean, uh, you know. Um, but there is a picture, and it's so unclear. That's why I never yeah. was like, I never gave it, lent it any like, right, credibility. Because right. it could be anything. Because I think when this stuff happens, like, it just happens so fast. I don't think normally. Well, people are able to get videos and stuff of it. Like I know everybody's got phones now, where we can always. But I guess, well, and moving on from that's just a case I wanted to talk about, and I, and I really thought the Tom DeLong thing was important because we yeah. have had those conversations about them being here and not being otherworldly. Right. But yeah, speaking of that, because I wanted to talk about a couple of recent cases encounters, like Bigfoot encounters that I'd heard about, but. I think that's the thing. And I think people are like, well, I don't understand why you can't get a clear photo. Well, let me tell you this. All right. You know, we camped it out in the woods behind your house not that long ago. Mm -hmm. And nobody goes out there. It, there's not. No other outside of hunting season. Very, very of... rarely are there people out there, especially for an yeah. overnight or two overnight. overnights. Yeah, nobody's out there all night. And, you know, ever. we're sitting so... by the fire and listening to music or whatever like that. And I'm telling you right now, I had my phone generally in my hand. Most times, whatever. And if you're so, like, trained to believe something doesn't exist, whether you believe or you don't, I mean, I, I, I think they do exist, but I don't think my first thought 
just because of the shock is going to be right. to pull my phone and start recording. Right. Yeah. I mean, not to mention too, the only light we had was tiki torches and firelight. Yep. So yep. you're not going to be able no, to get realistically, no. you know, like even, even when we heard that uh, baby, um, it was a fox co- or a fox co- or a coyote making noise over there. We couldn't see it. No, no. We knew the general direction it was coming from, but we couldn't see and it. And no, I mean, and <clears throat> you know the cameras on phones now are, are so advanced that yep, like yep. but so my point being is like imagine seeing something that's a supposed to not supposed to exist b is and they have said that there's been and people have said that like these things are like abominations like yeah. they're like horrifying yeah. but imagine that yeah. and then you see like a nine foot tall hairy yeah. bipedal thing i just yeah. i don't know that people understand that in those circumstances the shock that you're going to feel from both A, seeing right. something that's supposed to not exist, and B, just seeing something yeah. like that. There's also, and my dad has brought this up several times, he was like, these days, trail cameras, guys have them all over the place. Mm. They don't never get anything. Nothing. And there's theories on that, too. Theories, I know on Sasquatch Chronicles, once they did say that they had a guy that um, said he figured that these things could see the IR, the IR beam on it, and avoid well, it. Well, I think they said is that it elk or moose. They said that they can see them. Yeah. That they're somehow yeah. they found out that. Well, the guy also did say that um, apes and gorillas and things like that know their general area hundred percent. Well, where they live, and so let me if tell they you notice that, something out of the ordinary, they'll avoid it. I, I this is the way I always put it to people but, in reference to that. If you come home, and a poster or a painting or something or a is lamp out of place. is out of place yeah. you're gonna know yeah and yeah. i and in in theory you know yeah. that's this is their home and if they're right. so well adapted to living in that yep. you cannot tell me that they're not going to notice a trail cam oh for sure just because it's camouflage to us that doesn't mean uh, shit yeah. you know yeah. what i mean it, it's it, so and there was another thing i had heard too that uh, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but the guy had said, he goes, you know, if they're so determined to n- separate themselves from us, why not just let them? Yep. Like, what good can come from trying to intrude on right. something? Right. Um, and we, I know we've said this before, too, because the theory, well, not theory, but there is some theories out there that, like, if this was ever come to come to public light, A, you're going to lose tourism Oh, yeah, in national parks, yeah, because they, which is a billion the, dollar industry. They put sure. them on the endangered species list. And Correct they have to shut these places. You know, down. right? And that's a big. That's a lot of money. Ma, I mean, I would yeah. say a billion is billions uh, dollars of year a year that people go and spend yeah. in time. Whatever. Yep. Not only that, but then you're gonna get every redneck asshole with a gun out there yeah. shooting shots out there, yeah. and you know that endangers people. Yep. Like people on people violence. Intentional, not intentional, not intentional at all. I'm sure, but they, you know, you get every dumbass out there that's shooting a gun right. in every direction, trying whatever, and, and everything that's bipedal. People are going to get hurt. Yeah. Not to mention, if these things are as powerful as they as say, they say and they start fighting even, back, you don't even know if you're. I mean, whatever gun you take out there is even going to. There's work. stories of guys yeah. with like high caliber rifles. Who are like, I didn't shoot it because I didn't think it was going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, this thing is, it's, it's shoulder length is five feet. It it weighs 900 pounds. Like, um, there, there are, there's, there's stories of that. Like, um, I, there was a guy on a boat 
and I think he just had a nine millimeter. He was like, I, I drew it just in hopes that like it would scare it away. But he goes, I, I knew yeah. it wasn't going to do anything. No. You know, it, even, piss it, it off. It's just like bears. Yeah. You can't, yeah. small caliber rifles yeah. or weapons, you can't shoot a bear with a twenty two. No You're just going to piss it off. No way. So like, for example, like going way back, when Lewis and Clark started exploring up there, they when they ran into the big bears, their firearms wouldn't do anything. They were like, holy I'm sure. I mean, you start so talking you seven, eight hundred pound grizzly yeah, or whatever yeah. they, I don't know how big they get, but like yeah. those Kodiak grizzlies and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so think about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. another thing uh, before I get to the encounters, cause I knew this was how this was going to go. We we're just going to start going off, but <laughs> you and I talked last time, um, about this and a guy had said, he goes, I think the only way if you could kill one that you could get it to public knowledge or like bring it to the public light is you would have to kill it first of all second of all you have to be able to get it out of the woods yeah. and he goes third of all um you'd have to dismember it and take different parts to different uh organizations yeah because he goes i don't think they're ever gonna let and this is again this is just theory this is saying that the government knows which I've, I don't know, man. I kind of have to believe with some of the the, the stories that you read about, like yeah. even when Mount St. Helens erupted yep. and they, they were s- they saw the Blackhawks landing there, taking things out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I heard a, whether it's true or not. I heard a, obviously for a big massive situation like that, they had National Guard up there too, right? Yeah. Guy said they they were picking up bodies of deer and wildlife that got caught in there. Right. And he said there was a. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but he said there was a one area where they had stuff covered with a tarp and they wouldn't even let them get near it. There were certain special units that were there. So you got to kind of wonder. I mean, right. <clears throat> Coincidence? Yeah. You don't send those guys in for nothing. No. And no. it's the same thing with, like, you hear special forces people or units going into these places. And, like, wh- why are you sending special yeah. forces into, like, national forests? You know, and there's a million there's, stories. There's, you know, there's apparently there's missions that took place where they sent them in to kill these things because they were dragging people off right i and who knows what kind of weapons they had to use to take them down too that's another thing i mean the story goes that they had to use a have a chinook lifted out right pull it i remember hearing that that like it was like a massive container or whatever it was that had to get the thing out of there um and you know i if you believe, if you don't believe, I, it's just interesting because these yeah, those right. are real things that have happened. Like the thing with Mount St. Helens erupting, yeah. that actually happened. I mean, yeah. I know that the, the volcano erupted, but I'm saying them carting you, things out of there. You got you got to think too that if they were in the surrounding area, that there's a good chance that they would get caught in that. You're right. I mean, if it, they couldn't get out. Right. Like I, any I of the other assume, Yeah. What's area, the difference? You know? Right. And you know, yeah, you would have to cover it up because I mean. I don't know. There ain't gonna be much ways to hide something like no, that, you know. No. They would have to do something, yeah. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. This guy had detailed the way that you would—the only way he would think that you would be able to bring it to, you know, public, the public, or public knowledge or whatever—is because they're so intent on keeping these things hidden. And again, it's all theory. You know what I'm saying? This is all speculation on our part. These are just us relating stories that we've heard. And again, some of them are true. Maybe some of them aren't true. But um, so <laughs> I wanted to talk about this encounter that I I heard about the other day, as last couple days. Um, 
there was a woman in her family, a woman, her husband, and I think their daughter was like six or seven years old, and she had just had a baby, I think it was like four months, excuse me, the baby was four months old, so it was all fairly recent, and the daughter had been pestering her to like take her out hunting, pestering the father to take her out hunting, and I, I can't remember where they said it was in Kentucky, but like rural Kentucky, well, I mean, I think the majority of Kentucky is rural, um, and I've been through Kentucky, and it's beautiful, but it is, like, there ain't, it's, there ain't much out there, yeah. you know, depending on where you are. Um, so anyway, so it, the encounter is detailed as such, so the night before that they go out hunting, um, they, the woman starts to hear some rustling outside of her house, and this is in the middle of the night, and I can't remember if she said the dog was acting funny. It may have been that she said that she was going to let the dog out, and the dog just wouldn't go. Like, it, it yeah. just, you know, yeah. any other night, any other given night, the dog would just go, and wasn't afraid of anything. You know, I think that's what she said, too, that, like, this dog, I can't remember what kind of dog it was. It doesn't really matter. Bigger breed dog, anyway. But, like, it would chase coyotes. It would chase all kinds of animals off in that, but it would not go outside. Refused yeah. to go outside. And that was the first, like, indication that something was off. So, she goes out. She's kind of looking around, and sort of in like the moonlight in the distance I mean she didn't say, I don't know if she specified the distance from the porch doesn't really matter it was close enough to where she could see it but she saw something stand up you know and it was clear that it was bipedal and she kind of gauged like the branch levels and all that to where it had to have been somewhere around like eight or nine feet tall so you know I think with everybody the first thought is like oh it's a bear you know, yeah. but she said, she goes, it seemed as such that as soon as she looked in its direction, it almost realized that she was looking at it and it ducked down. Yeah. Quickly. And like, bears are kind of clumsy when they're on their, oh, yeah. you know, oh, when yeah. they stay, they're not, them, yeah, them they're not agile when they're on their, no, they're uh, really standing not. up. They're kind of awkward, yeah. But going forward to, she goes, you know, every time that I would turn my head to like talk to my husband, it seemed like it would pop back up. Like, almost like it knew that they were looking at it or not. Yeah. So anyway... She goes in, grabs a gun, and this is the part that, that kills me. Um, and it's like the most Kentucky, like say you're from Kentucky without saying you're from Kentucky. <laughs> goes in, grabs a gun, starts firing rounds in that direction. And her husband is like, hey, like what are you doing? Like what if that's actually a person? She's like, well, yeah. I guess you shouldn't be wandering around on my yeah. property in the dark. Fair enough. Fair, right. <laughs> fair enough. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't know, especially like in the middle of nowhere, you don't know. I mean, no, if someone's yeah. walking around your property at night, it generally it's, not going to have good I intentions. Th I think, like, out here, that wouldn't fly really so much. Nah, because, I mean, Unless it it's, was a really, like, difference. Yeah, I mean, Way out in the middle of nowhere, if you see somebody hanging around. Living up on a mountain. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody has good intentions if they're wandering around your property on the side right. of a mountain. Way it, out in the middle of nowhere. It just nobody. doesn't happen, you know. So that kind of happens. And she said that they had gone out the next day to where they thought this thing was and looked for tracks, but there was no real evidence. But then she again reiterated, too, that, like, the height of, like, the branches and, you know, kind of gauging, like, how tall it had to be. And she said, well, it had to have been a solid, you know, eight, nine feet tall, whatever it was. Which, again, going back to bears, I don't even think of a grizzly, like a massive grizzly on its standing up is nine feet tall. No, I don't, I, I don't so. think so. I mean, I know they're, it's, they're, they're huge, but... Yeah. I don't think they get quite that no, tall. I don't think so. So, again, and we talked about this too. Animals like grizzlies or just bears in general or just anything that's going to charge at you is just going to do it. 
Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And even, like she said, it, it would duck down. Like, the, a bear ain't going to do that no, quick. No, it's just going to either they're run off. they're going to clumsy when they Exactly, they, yeah. When they I mean, and if it's going to charge you, it's going to charge you. Yeah. So, what, it, the point being is whatever it was had some sort of intelligence. Right, uh, right. But it kills me. She just starts shooting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and she said, like, I'm going to shoot first, ask questions kind of right. later, or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I guess so. Um but anyway, so it, it goes on, and she had said, you know, that her daughter was pestering her to go hunting. So they went out, um, and she said, you know, like, we never really had any, I never had any intention of, like, actually shooting something. But we're just going to get the kid out to shut her up, basically. And she's out there, and she sort of explained the property as such, or not the property, but the where they would go to hunt. It was very advantageous as far as, like, an angle towards the game it kind of backed up to a cliff and there was like a small pond or something too so it's like i'm trying to paint the picture but you kind of had like higher ground essentially um and she's out there and she had said they were out there for i don't know an hour and a half and it was starting to get sort of like daylight and the daughter had fallen asleep because you know i'm sorry but hunting sounds boring as shit to me it's you know it's like i I used to, but I was like, you know, it's not really for me. Like, I'm not... I guess there's something about, like, patience and... There's, there's like, my dad always told me, because up until he got... Like, he's retired now, but he, he goes, I'm getting older. I really don't want to sit out there in the cold. He goes, yeah. But when I was younger, he goes, it was all about the excitement of just the hunt. I get you know? it. Yeah, and I do get it. And right. I guess that's the thing, is it's not right. for me, and I've not right. done it enough to but know, like... there's also people that think that, you know, like... And I don't like shooting animals, you know. Like, there's military veterans that after they get into combat, they change their mind. Yeah, I, yeah, and, and right, I'm not shitting know? on anyone that hunts. Like, I, listen, right. I get it, because I'm sure there's like the thrill of it. It's, yeah. it's got. If and you're, it's it, also too. It's like, well, you know, Teddy Roosevelt put it into effect, the whole conservation thing to keep it in check a little bit. Well, but within reason. Yeah, that's, that's why, the other. Don't just Roosevelt, go out there and blast anything. That's you why see. Teddy Roosevelt yeah, was like, yeah, hey, yeah, you yeah. can only. Um, the conservation thing. The, I suppose the it's like anything else. Like, if it's right. your passion, it's your passion. And, yeah. and I, again, I'm not shitting on it. The, the irony of that being, like, I love venison. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I was lucky enough at a at point in my life to have a steady supply of it. <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, you, you know, when you're younger, you're broke. And right. when someone's like, hey, like, I can fill your freezer with venison. And you're like, yeah. you know, back then, I was like, well, I, I don't really know right. what to do with it. But, like, it was meat in my freezer yeah. that got us yeah. through for months and months yeah. and months without having to buy meat. And, and What are you thinking? That's people used to survive on that. And I think there's still people... I mean, listen, it's not... We've said this a million times. Yeah. It's not an easy world to be in. So, right now, yeah. if you can go out and hunt and fill your freezer and that's yeah. going to feed your family for the yeah. winter, by all means. Yeah. I get it. Right. Um, so, anyway, back to the thing. Back to this encounter. Um, the woman's daughter falls asleep. And... Uh, I think she had said they'd only been out there for an hour and a half or something like that. Hour and a half, two hours, somewhere in that time range. And mind you, it's important to go back and say that she does have a four-month-old at home with a husband. And uh, she hears a baby cry. Or it sounds like a baby crying. And she had said initially it was behind her. So she's like, there's no way it's a, I don't know, 50, 60-foot drop-off behind her on a cliff. She goes, there's just no way that there could be a baby out there. We're on the top of it. And she goes, this right. isn't a hill. This is a mountain. Right. You know, whatever the, the rock face was, it's just not 
something that you would ever bring a, an infant out there, you know, whatever. Right. And she's like, well, she kind of played it off. She's like, maybe it's a, a fox or something. But then she heard the exact same noise, what sounded like a baby crying in front of her, a couple hundred yards out. And this is the part where it gets kind of strange. It then started to sound like it was all around her. So her initial thought, and I, like I had said this before too, I think probably maternal instinct kicks in. She's like, well, shit, maybe it's my baby. Like, you know, we're seven, eight miles away from the house. So like, logically, there's no way you could hear that crying. But who knows? You know, your brain, it works. And you, you don't want to believe that. I get that being the initial thought, I guess is what I'm saying. So she, you know, texts her husband and says, hey, is everything okay? Like, this is what's going on. And he's like, baby's been sleeping. So she's been hearing this baby. And that's at that point, she's like, all right, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, I don't know what's going on. But that's the thing. This is not a one-off. You hear this. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll, whatever it is. um, And I'm not saying one way or another. Bigfoot skinwalkers whatever but you hear stories about things in the woods i told you about the one where the woman would go out and uh when they first moved their property she would like call her dogs back and then within a couple of weeks she would hear the names of her dogs being called to her (laughs) or like her husband's name like she would because like her husband would go across uh, the road from the property that they had the house on and they own more property across the road and she would, like, call to him or whatever. And then, eventually, she started hearing that back. Yeah. And it was so close to her voice yeah. that it was, like, I, I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I've, I mean, if you look up the, the stuff about the Native Americans believe about the skinwalker, they say it'll try to lure you out by mimicking sounds that you are familiar, familiar with. That you would respond yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I said a lot of times these things, according to the Native American beliefs and legend, it'll look like a person sometimes. Right. And you can notice, but they act strange. Well, it's funny, too, because you do hear those stories, and a lot of times um, people will be like, well, it sounded like an owl, but it sounded like someone trying to mimic an owl. But it's just enough off to be like, that's not an owl. Like, that can't, you know. It's it's strange, because I've also heard stories from people I know um, and I kind of looked into it a little bit, and they have a name for these entities. They'll call them mimics. Like, right in your house, they could mimic someone's voice that you live with. I've never heard that term. I've heard of things like that happening. Like, somebody will hear their name called from another room. It sounds exactly like nobody's their wife, there. and there's nobody there. There's nobody yeah, there. Or yeah, the yeah, person yeah. is outside and not even in the house. Ah, you know, I don't know, man. I just thought it was very interesting, too, because it, it made me... My first thought with this encounter was like, is something not intelligent enough, but can something sense her, I don't know, the fact that she just had a kid? Yeah. And it's preying on that? Trying to lure them back out toward, I I don't know, coincidence? Maybe. Yeah. But the fact that she heard it in almost a 360 degree direction, that shit's wild. It is. So next one I'm going to touch on, this one's going to be really, really quick, but it was really notable. Um, there was a guy on a, it was a dirt road. He was going hunting and I can't remember exactly where this was had taken place. It was somewhere in the South too, but, uh, he had heard some things around and never really thought about it. Um, but he said, this shit is so wild. And I ha- I wrote down how he put it too. So he said he came around this, a sharp bend in the road and he was driving really slow. Cause like, I think the point was he wasn't trying to like 
haul ass through and like scare things away right. or whatever. Dirt road. I mean, you can't go. But he turns around a sharp bend and he goes. He pauses when he was talking about this too, and he goes, "I saw a Bigfoot," or he goes, well, "I think he said like I saw a something standing on two legs, a giant hairy creature, six, seven, eight feet tall," and he goes. Right next to that, he goes, I, I don't know how to... It, it was the king of the jackrabbits. And he's huh. like, I don't know how to... Disc-. He goes, it just looked like the king of the jackrabbits. And I assume what he means is like a fucking... Like an Easter bunny? Yeah. And he goes, the third figure next to that was a a dog standing on two feet. And he goes, what's... And, and this could be complete bullshit. I don't know. It, it, this one's pretty far out there. But he goes, it was, what the, the interesting thing about it was... Is when he pulled around that corner, they both, or all three of them turned around, looked at him, and kind of gave him, like, an oh shit. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. He said they all parted ways, but he goes, so what was funny about when they had ran off, they ran off separately, and he goes, I should have been able to see all three of them going through these woods. But he goes, within seconds, they were gone. Hmm. And he's like, I, you know, I just, the king of the jackrabbits thing, yeah. it's pretty wild. But yeah. you hear, yeah. I mean, again, it could be complete bullshit. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is, but you hear stories about, um, I told you that one encounter that the guy was talking about and, uh, he had like a dog, I, they call him dog, man. I hate that term, but something that was bipedal. And I think he described it almost like a werewolf. Yeah. It's sort of been like terrorizing the camp his entire night or the entire night they were there. And he just started unloading, like firing rounds at this thing, whatever. And he finally decided like, Hey, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Gets in his truck. And then once he tries to pull away, he said he saw two Bigfoot, essentially, and he goes, I got the distinct impression that they were controlling the situation. Yeah. Like, somehow they, I don't know, this stuff gets really into, the, like, the woo side of this, but yeah. it was just interesting, because I've never heard that term. He was, it was the king of the jackrabbits, and I was That's like, wait, crazy. what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I call it what you will, but yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not saying that these people are any more credible than anybody else, but. I mean, that's just, that's a pretty wild thing to just make up. You can usually tell, I've noticed, like, when they interview certain people, that they're credible. Well, uh, Tony Merkel said one time, he goes, you know, when I first started doing this, um, he was like, people would tell me these stories, and he was like, I I generally believed him. He goes, I got to a certain point after interviewing so many people, he was like, I could just tell when people are lying to me. You know, he goes, I've done this for so long now, and I gotta imagine Wes Germer's the same way. Like... You do so many interviews with people, you gotta kind of know. Um, because if you're lying, you have a tendency to trip up. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? In a long enough timeline, you're going to kind of start to contradict the things that you, you say in one way or another. Or like, it's not going to add up. And, and people's, the way people speak when they're lying, all that. Yeah. I mean, I would think, again, you do 900 episodes of interviewing people, I would hope that you would be able to vet some Oh, folks. yeah. Anyway... So, that all out of the way, um, we're going to move into movies. We haven't talked about movies, I think. It's been a while. It's been a while, man. Yeah. Um, and I kind of miss it. I, yep, yep. I mean, I, it's also been kind of a dry spell, for the most I, part. That's but, what I was going to say. There's not a lot out there right there's now. There's still some stuff that we haven't touched on. Um, I've, I, As I tend to do now and again, I'll go on and search like most disturbing or top 10 most disturbing movies or like because you know that's in our wheelhouse yeah i mean it is what it is i'm so jaded at this point but i'll do that or i'll like you know top 10 scariest movies streaming right now or it's it's something of that sort and usually 
you can find something good. Usually I don't watch all ten, but I'll pick yeah. one that I'm like, all right, I like how that sounds, and I'll go with that. So I did that just, I don't know, within the last like two weeks, week or so, actually. And I'm going to butcher their pronunciation, but the translation, it's it's Huesera, and the translation is The Bone Woman. And this one popped up, and you know, I was kind of reading reviews, and I, I don't really buy into critic reviews or audience reviews. I just don't trust people. I just don't trust people. I don't trust people, what people have to say because, I don't know, it just doesn't usually pan out. But anyway, the basic premise of this movie is um, there's a woman who, she's trying to get pregnant, but like, you can kind of tell that there's an underlying tone, like she's not excited about it. Um, but she ends up getting pregnant and like her family is like busting her balls about it, like how she's not going to be able to take care of a kid, blah, 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 blah. Um... I, I don't know. This is where it gets kind of... I actually didn't finish it, admittedly. I mean, there's some scenery, or some scenes that are... Like, she sees... I don't want to give too much away either, but she sees... Uh, she goes out to the balcony at one point or another, or to her window, and sees a woman, like, walk out and just, like, jump off her balcony. And that was... It was kind of cool. It almost reminded me of, like... Do you remember in house on haunted hill when they would like have that those images or like the scenes where things would move really really quick and be blurry and shit like yeah, that yeah. it's sort of like that so it was kind of cool it was a little creepy okay. you know and yeah. then you know she sees this woman there and she's the woman's got like compound fractures in both of her legs bones are sticking out it was all right it just it got to a point where um they started <laughs> involving witchcraft which i'm not i suppose culture because it was I think they were speaking in Portuguese, so it's it's from South America, so uh-huh. culturally it's probably more uh, contextually, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. It probably makes more sense down there than yeah. it does to me. I'm sure, like, yeah. in that culture, this probably is a thing, and it, 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 that probably plays on it. But anyway, so she's, like, get feeling sick, and you can tell there's, again, like, an underlying tone that she's not stoked that she's pregnant, this, that, and the other. But it got to the point where there was, like, witchcraft and the one aunt's like oh you gotta go talk to this other aunt because she practices dark witchcraft and, all, and I was, it just wasn't entertaining no. I, I i couldn't i checked out man I, I got about an hour into it and i was like ah it's a bummer too um before we get to oppenheimer i i'm gonna go through the other two because i think that one's in, kind of important and relevant too yep. um another one i watched recently was called soft and quiet now that was one of the ones that came up on the list of like most disturbing or whatever um so i'm like cool like whatever like i expected a horror movie especially when you see like the the poster the movie poster it looks like you're sort of in for well horror it just it's it is but that's not what it was so the movie starts off and this is the best way to like because it really just just derails after this but there's a two women that are meeting up or a woman walking in the woods and then she meets up with another woman and they exchange uh, a little bit of dialogue, and they find out, like, oh, like, yeah, are you here for or this retreat or whatever it is? Um, kind of like a getaway. So they go back, and it's very unassuming. Like, the one woman's a school teacher. Um, I can't, I think the one was, like, a therapist or something. Like, very, very unassuming. And, uh, you know, they've got, like, baked goods and all this stuff or whatever, and it pans over, and there's a pie, and there's a swastika in the pie. <laughs> In the top of the pie, like, as you would, like, poke holes in a pie, it's a swastika. So come to find out, 
these are all wives of like high ranking white supremacists. Like really? our wives of people in the Aryan Brotherhood or whatever. Really? And then they start to speak about it. You're like, oh shit, like that's not what I thought. Um, and I don't want to give too much away because the, the ending of this movie, there's a lot that transpires before the ending, but the ending's whatever. It's, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give too much of the plot away either, too. But um, so basically, how it goes, you know, they're, I, they would have, I don't know if they, they started having a couple beers or whatever, decided they needed more booze, so they go to a liquor store. They run into a, a couple. One of the women is of some sort of Asian descent. I, I can't remember the, what the other one, Hispanic descent. But they're a lesbian couple, which clearly does not strike these four white supremacists as, yeah. a, you know, so the, there's some ex- exchange and um, heated exchange. And nothing really transpires there. But the, the one, I don't know if she's necessarily like the ringleader, but they're all kind of like cocked at this point too. She decides that they need to, they need to find out where these two are staying and they do and some of the scenes that transpire in this like small section of the movie where these four women from this Nazi retreat find these two other women I think they intend to scare them at first but and then it just gets so out of control and I don't want to give away how they die or how the one dies but it's probably some of the most disturbing shit it's up there yeah. Because it's it's the thing that gets me about it is it, it's real enough to where like if you weren't trying to kill somebody you were just trying to scare them or like torture them a little bit but not take it that far but it goes that far yeah. that's what happened I don't know if yeah. that's like if that describes I think you get what I'm saying though yeah like, yeah I don't think they meant to kill him but they took it too far and it it's yeah. boy it was uncomfortable probably some of the most uncomfortable stuff that I've seen in a while yeah. and the fact that like. Then they start to try to cover it up, and then that just—I won't give any more away after that because it, it'll give away the, the the ending and the story. But um, that's one of those ones where I'd say watch it, but I don't know, man. You got to have a pretty strong stomach <laughs> yeah. for that one. Same thing with Speak No Evil. I don't know if it was a Dutch film. It, I think it's—I think it was Dutch, German or Dutch. I can't remember. It's in subtitles. Um, pretty unassuming, and it, but it had like a wit, the witch vibe, like a very dark. Yeah. Um, a lot of it takes place at night, but anyway, a family goes on vacation. They end up meeting another family and it's all very like polite and kind of comfortable. Like, you know, they meet up and the guy's very nice and he's like, why don't you come back and stay at our place? You know, kids can can play together or whatever. But then it just like slowly, very, very slowly. And that's important to talk about this movie is it's such a slow burn. Um, just little things start to happen. So, like, the one night, the the one couple's in bed. Not the couple that owns the house, but the couple that's staying with this other family. Um, she just just looks up, like, out of her peripheral vision, like, sees the husband that owns the house, like, standing in a window, staring at them while they're sleeping. And you're like, ah, oh, whatever. And then, again, it just it starts to go on and go on, and, like, you can start to notice, too, that, like, the child of the family that owns the house, there's something wrong. Like, he doesn't speak it's almost like he's autistic but it's not that you can tell he's clear fairly clear-minded but he just can't speak and it just gets weirder and weirder and more (laughs) uncomfortable there's a scene and i won't give away the ending because it's probably one of the most you want to talk about the opposite of a happy ending this is it this is like the missed level unhappy ending um and oh i I can't say too much about it because i think this one you should go watch 
But, like, there's a scene where they leave a bar, and they're all driving home, and they're driving back to the, the family that owns the house that the other family is staying with, and this guy's cocked, like, just driving down the road, music blaring, and, you know, they ask him, like, can you, like, they, they start to realize that they're in a very, like, precarious situation. This dude's fucking hammered all over the road, music's blaring, like, shit, like, we're gonna die, like, we're yeah. not gonna get, and how it goes from there. The dialogue is just so uncomfortable. Like, it's... I don't know how to describe it. Uncomfortable. Uneasy. There's yeah. such an uneasy feeling throughout the whole film. And, it, I mean, if you can't handle subtitles, it might be a little tough, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's called Speak No Evil. I can't remember where... I think it was... It's on all... I'm sure it's on all um, streaming platforms. Um, so, Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it. So, I'll take over here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, where to start? Oh, that's the bitch. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's. I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding this. There's a lot of controversy that people are trying to say it lionizes Oppenheimer. It's trying to make make him out to be a hero. Whatever you wanted, whatever side you come down on the use right. of the bomb and all that. But he, uh, if you see interviews with him, it's obvious he regrets what he did. Well, that's the thing that I take away from it, and I haven't seen it, and I plan on seeing it, but. I had just recently, well, actually before we started doing this, I had read that there's a little pushback from the Japanese saying that they're sort of trying to, like, uh, paint the picture of him as, like, not heroic necessarily, but sort of romanticize the idea of him being the father of the yeah. atomic bomb. But from what I do know about Oppenheimer, it is the complete opposite. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see it that way. I just think it's like, hey, this is a part of history. This is what happens. Right. And it's it's Hollywood, so they're yeah, going to yeah. romanticize some of it. Sure. Yeah. But the guy was not happy about what he did. No. That's the point. No. I mean, he, ha- uh, even if you haven't seen the movie. He, he knew it. He knew something had to stop the war. And he even, there's one point in the movie where it comes up that a lot of the... Whether this is accurate or not to real life, a lot of the staff and people at Los Alamos wanted to use it against the Germans. And he says, he goes, it's not our decision how it's used. And yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't they drop it on Tokyo? The firebombing had obliterated Tokyo You had said that before, which I I guess I did know now that you say that. There was nothing to drop it on. No. There's nothing nothing left. I don't mean to laugh. It's very serious. Um, But... And, and again, I've there is a documentary. I can't re- remember what it's called now. I'll have to pull it up. And it really drives home if you're not familiar with what these bombs did. And that's the thing is I am not by any means saying that it was the right thing to do or the chaos that it, it, it caused and has caused the years following. Yeah. Like, it was a horrible, horrible thing. Um. I, I don't know. I think... The thing I think is... And I think up in an interview I saw with Oppenheimer, he, he mentioned it. He was fully aware of the the casualties on the final two islands, Peleliu and Okinawa, on both sides were unbelievable. I think uh, Bob Lecky in his novel, Helmet for My Pillow, put yeah. it, he said it was a complete immolation of over 17,000 men. And you got to wonder what the Japanese casualties were. Which so I, they were thinking, and they were the Japanese were preparing men, women, and children, everybody to fight to the death. He said it would have been a 
suicide of an entire race. Well, you hear about that. The Americans go into certain parts of these islands or certain islands. And they were, Saipan, it happened. Yeah, Saipan. women and children were walking off cliffs. Walking off cliffs. They found one family huddled, huddled around a grenade. Right. Because they were told that like the Marines get you, yeah, they're going to do terrible things to correct. you. Correct. So the documentary, <clears throat> and I think this is important to say too, because this is kind of on both sides. If you're not into reading, go watch The Pacific. Because this is what we're referencing right now. But the yep. documentary I'm t- is um, White Light, Black Rain. And it's all about the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That'll give you both sides. And I think the detail in that documentary that they go into is stuff that I didn't even know. Yeah. And it's horrifying. Yeah. It's more horrifying yeah. than any horror movie you will yeah. ever watch. Like, this is not stuff that you could dream up. Yeah. So, back to the point. There's even there's a scene in Oppenheimer, which... I gotta talk about it. The Trinity test scene when they first tested mm-hmm. the bomb. I was like, it was terrifying. Like that must have been terrifying for me because they didn't know what it was going to do. They, they didn't I remember they them saying that. Away. Reading, yeah, right. Like they what didn't did know if it was going to light the sky what did he on say? fire. He said this could blow up the entire world, cause a chain reaction. Yep. Blow up the entire world, and the general said, "Well, what are the chances of that?" He said, "Near zero. That's yeah. what Oppenheimer told him. Apparently, in the movie." I remember reading that though that like um, they really that had... whole scene like I was literally like on the edge of my seat the way they, <laughs> the guy's hand was on the button and he was shaking because he t- was told to watch the yeah this dial and if it went over something he was supposed to abort it and God, he was watching man. it and his his hand was shaking I couldn't <sighs> imagine I couldn't imagine either there's when the bomb goes off in the movie there's no sound it's a delayed sound and then the shock wave hits and it's and then after the aftermath, it's a scene where Oppenheimer gives a speech in a gymnasium, and everyone's clapping, and but he doesn't hear any sound, and he's just staring at everybody, and he sees a one woman's skin start to come off. Jesus, and he's yeah. Just like, Christopher Nolan said it was to symbolize Oppenheimer, his guilt at what he did. I think that's the thing. And it too. was a delayed reaction. Yeah, I mean, but, I I do understand. It being controversial to Japanese yeah. culture, I I, yeah. I can't even imagine. But, but I still firmly believe that as terrible as it fucking was, and it was just a dangerous precedent. If we would have attacked mainland Japan, it would have been that disastrous for both exactly. sides. Exactly, and that was the thing. That Who would... knows what would happen to the Japanese? I mean, I'm glad they're still there. Yeah, right, and because that was the next. Because they were good people. The, I'm not saying the plan, but they, there was yeah. talks of. Invading mainland Japan, and that, that was the next. That was catastrophically, you know, on both sides again. You that know, was the next. You got to think of if you were these guys like Eugene Sledge, per se, in the Pacific, and Bob Lecky, yeah, and all these other guys who went through those last two islands, which were horrible, and that was your next stop. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, the casualties alone. Would it have been more? Who knows? Know. You, there, yeah. you can only speculate at that right. point. But I think that's important to mention that, like, for anybody that doesn't know, that was not the plan. Again, because even there the, were talks of yeah. invading mainland yep, Japan. That was supposed to be the next stop if they had to. Right. And uh, even the firebombing was horrible. But that's I think that's important too. Is like you have to look at the Pacific campaign, yeah. and and really like read about how horrible oh, that was shit terrible. was. Like. Not just the combat, but the regular everyday conditions. Just conditions, conditions exactly. Yeah. Like I, I'm not saying that that beautifies World War II or the European campaign in any way. That's not what I mean. 
But I'm telling you what, those boys on those yeah. islands, man. Uh, Hero, uh, not Hiroshima, but uh, Iwo Jima. Yeah. Uh, Pale Lou is a good oh, one too. Oh, yeah. no, it just was. You know, in Bob Lucky's book, he was portrayed in the Pacific, and he wrote a book that it was based on, called Helmet for My Pillow, and he describes the horrible conditions on Cape Gloucester. He said it was a chore to sl- to grab your mess kit. Slog down through the mud to get to the chow line, and he said, oh, "Make your imagine. way back up." And he said, "Clean your." So he said, "Nobody wanted to even eat." I'm sure they didn't. And he said, "The Japanese left the island. It was so miserable." Oh my yeah. god! And he said, "It was horrible, completely horrible." So I, I don't and know. Guys went crazy. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, but and we'll move on after this too. But imagine the most humid, hot day that we've ever had here in Western New York. Yep. Times that by ten, yeah. at least, at and least. And I couldn't even imagine on Peleliu those guys didn't even have water. No, they they had water that was uh, was there was a diesel or there was yeah, fuel somebody, contaminated. Somebody it? put them in the the diesel drums. Yeah, so the they're like drums. they couldn't even. Yeah, I mean, they could they drink could. it, but like it was still. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. So, that's that's another whole other podcast in itself. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> so what we got next is a whole bunch of movies that. Um, I think, yeah, I think we got to start with Bo is Afraid. <sighs> and I kind of wish Brian Dominic was here for this, but... <laughs> that movie would have fucked him up behind That movie fucked else. me up. Yeah. Bo is Afraid is Ari Aster's new film. And I have said this not while we were recording, but I think the one of the best ways I've heard it described is somebody went to a theater and saw it and said... I don't know if I just watched Bo is Afraid or if it watched me. Yeah. It is, there is absolutely nothing I have ever seen like it. To the point where I don't even necessarily know how to describe it in words. I don't know how to put into words what I watched. Yeah. It's, it has a lot, I, I sent a couple clips of it to a friend of mine and he was like, wow, that has a lot of like, little things that, like, I didn't even know how to describe it. Like, the part when he is going to leave for the airport to go meet his mother, mm-hmm. and his bag and apartment keys are gone. I Just th- the little little things that people... Fears. People's fears. I think if you are a person that suffers from any sort of anxiety, yeah. or agoraphobia, yeah. or arachnophobia, <laughs> yeah. or just phobias in general... This movie will make you uncomfortable because it, there was points in that movie where I legit and I haven't had a, a panic attack or an anxiety attack in years, but there are points in that movie where I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like I was so tense and so anxious. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, anybody that's listened to this podcast for any number of episodes or any amount of time knows that we are jaded. Like this yeah. shit, there's not much out there that really affects us. This movie affected me and affected me, and I think. You could watch it, and you could be like, oh, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I get that. I'm not saying it's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life, but I think there's just a, there's a level of, it's, oh, detail. Yeah. And, uh, just, it's what, three hours long? It's three hours of pure I, insanity. Insanity, and yet I couldn't look away. I couldn't like, stop. It literally, it, it is. It's like a three-hour-long car crash. Yeah. I couldn't stop. And I think the thing was, too, is it gets, it doesn't take very long to get into it where you're like, what the fuck is going to happen next? Right. Like, at first you're like, oh, this dude's just having a bad day. 
and he's like so anxiety ridden he's like trying to take his pills and the beauty about this movie too is we could literally tell you every single scene <laughs> Yep. And it wouldn't fucking give away yep. anything because you're not gonna understand. Like I it, can testify to that because you had already finished it before I did. I I and can. I, you told me some of the stuff that I still could describe to you in detail, and I don't know that most people that are hearing us talk right now would even believe that I'm telling you that's in the actual fucking movie. The it's penis just monster. The penis monster. <laughs> and I guarantee you, whoever listens to this, us saying this, and we say penis monster, you, I couldn't describe it to no. you. No. Because it's just, because you told me that, I was like, all right, I, I'm like, and I was like, okay, and then I saw it, and then it was like, all this other shit is going on. I like That's to think insane. that, like, we're fairly articulate and, yeah. and descriptive in, yeah. in some of the things that we describe, but I could not explain to you the penis no. monster. You just have to see no. it. Yeah. Like, this movie. Especially all the other stuff that happens. <sighs> He's already terrified, and then he goes up in the oh attic, and there God, it is. Oh, my God, man, and it's just. It is an unrelenting... Plus he's got a psycho soldier tracking him down, Oh, too. my God. And, like, <laughs> I can understand why people would think that it doesn't make sense. I literally had to take my hat off and, like, rub my eyes for this. Because <laughs> it's just so insane. I loved it. And I loved it... I don't know if I loved it because it was so crazy yeah. that it, like, be, it makes sense... But it kind of doesn't make sense, yeah. but that's the beauty I, of it. I don't I know. I gotta tell you, I was, that whole ending sequence where he's in that motorboat. The little they're, dinghy. They're, they're judging yeah. him. Yeah. I was, like, on the edge of my seat, but I was disturbed by that whole I'm thing. telling you, we just told you how it ends. It ain't gonna matter. <laughs> no. Because no. there's so, and we've talked about his movies. We've done, you know, Midsummer and, and Hereditary. I love his movies because of the intricate details that, build up in every scene and yeah. everything every little detail in his movies are, it, it's significant the problem with this one and it's not even really a problem I kind of loved it about it is um, there's so much happening all at once yeah uh, every little thing uh, like even when he's trapped on the scaffolding yep and it looks like snow but it's just a dude sawing wood above his head yeah, and the wood, right. I was like oh right. my god man I would love to elaborate more and more on this movie, but I just think if there's a movie that you watch this year, it has to be Bo is Afraid. I don't know how else. And I think it's that's another thing that's beautiful about his movies, too. Whether you like them or you hate them, whatever. Because some people hated Midsommar. We talked about that before, yeah, too. Yeah, I've heard that. I can see Bo is Afraid being very not well received. because, yeah. And I'm not saying you have to be a movie buff. I'm not saying whatever. I don't think it's for the general audience. No. No, I, I don't really think not. it's not. I also don't think if you have a, a firm understanding of the way he directs that I think that helps too. Like if you've seen his other movies leading up to this, I don't even know if that fucking he, helps. Cause I'm telling you what, I love he, those movies. And he did I, an interview where he said, I hey, I'm not going to talk about Bo's afraid. He goes, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can see I, why I, I, he goes, I want it to be years from now and, see what people think and just talk about it then. I just He said he can't talk about Bo's Free. I will <laughs> say this in 100% sincerity. They, people who see this will be talking about this movie for years. Yes. I, I don't know. Good or bad. Take it how you want it. Go watch it. Just pop a Xanax before you watch it. Drink a <laughs> beer because that shit is so uncomfortable. And that's kind of the cool thing too is like some of it's so wacky that it, it does get a little hard to follow, but there are also scenes in that movie that are so relatable and, like, so tense. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to give too much away, but 
again, I, I we could describe every single scene to you, and I'm it's not going to portray it in the way that the, he did it, the way it's shot, the the sound not soundtrack, the score, yeah. which there's very little music too, but it's just subtle right. enough to like make it. Um, God, we could talk about that for three hours and still not touch on how insane that movie actually is. You want to feel insane? Go watch it. Because I'm telling you what, it'll, you might hate it, you might get ten minutes into it, you might finish three hours of it, but I'll tell you what, it'll change the way you think about movies because there's nothing I have ever seen that even touches close to that. Right. Yep. And I think that's in itself, good or bad, whatever side you want to fall on with that, that's significant because I have never seen anything. And I watched, no, we watched a shit ton of movies. That. Like, that is one thing. You know, the idea when we started this podcast is because we just watch a lot of movies, like, more than your average person. And then between the two of us, double that. But yeah. there is nothing I have ever seen like Bo was Afraid. N- nothing. You thought Hereditary was nuts. You thought Midsummer was nuts. This isn't, yeah. this doesn't have that, like, I'll say, like, horror or like suspense to it necessarily no, no it really doesn't there is some gore yeah but this movie i i don't know i don't know what else to say about it i it just i would actually like for people to watch it and then write to us and yeah. tell us what you think yeah it, it, yeah it's kind of like being <laughs> in a club so you like you know you're not nuts yeah oh my god but anyway so another one a really important one that i want to touch on too and that i kind of slept on for a while is brightburn so Mike turned me on to this. You had mentioned that a while ago. Yep. Um, yep. And I sort of danced around it. And I was like, Brightburn. And I'd seen it like pop up. And, uh, uh, you know, when I'm like going through streaming services. I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my favorite movies that I've seen easily in the last five years. That movie yep. was dope as fuck. Yep. But, and yep. it is... It's pretty much created a new genre. It is. And it's it's the antithesis it's like to like superhero, superhero movies. Right. It is yep. It, yep. It's superhero horror. That's yep. exactly what it is. It, That's a perfect way to describe it. Essentially, like, what if Clark Kent or and Superman was bad, was evil? As evil as you could be. As evil as you could be. <laughs> um, and it, it's just, there's there's no hesitation. It just jumps right in. And it's... it's yep. Um, and I loved that they... The story itself is almost... It almost parallels, like, Superman. It, it really does. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to give it a lot away, because I want people to watch. Brightburn was so goddamn good and gory. Yep. But, like, relevant gory. It wasn't dumb. You know no, what I'm saying? No. Like, every... Oh, excuse me. Every little bit of gore had its, its relevance to the scene. Yep. And I loved that movie. Well, Go watch Brightburn. I don't want to talk about that too much, because I don't want to give a lot away. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, that is in my top... I'm saying top three favorite movies I've seen in the yeah. last... It's been out for a little while. A couple mm-hmm. of years, I think. But mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite movies I've seen in, in the last, I don't know, five years, easily. Um, outside of that, what else we got? Um, I wanted to touch on Bo Was Afraid. So, Infinity Pool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think... It's it, that movie was not what I expected. It's just kind yeah. of like, it's very stylistic and yep. very like, just well shot, and it's yeah. got sort of like a, a theme to it throughout. I don't even know necessarily it, how to describe. It also it. has. I noticed too that that Mia Goth was really good in it. I will tell you this much about her. I watched X and I watched Pearl, and yeah. I loved them both. I didn't yeah. love them necessarily. I just. It was just different. Those are yeah. two like um, injections into like the horror genre 
that are a little bit different. I didn't love them, but yeah. like it's kind of cool. I like I hope yeah. they keep doing things like that. Yeah, but Mia Goth, man, but in both of those movies and in Infinity Pool, yeah. and like, I, how do you describe it? <laughs> you know, I mean, good and not as near as crazy as Bo's Afraid. No, like, but it's you want to talk about an original concept? Yeah, I, it. This movie was original in so many ways, and for someone to think about, think up this this plot and. Yeah. I can't. I don't think you can say it without giving it away, though. Like, right. there's a very, very yeah. pivotal moment very early on in the film that we could tell you, but it's going to give the Probably entire rest. Yeah, yeah. I, I. But if you have a chance, go watch Infinity Pool. It's worth it. It's weird and it's. I don't even know. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And not even necessarily a slow burn because it happens pretty it pretty does. quick. Yep. Like right yep. out of the gate, it happens. Yep. You know. Um. But it's one of those ones, like, once it happens, it sort of, like, descends into madness. Yeah. <laughs> and Skarsgård, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to know how I, that I guy think, picks the movie. I don't know how he like picks him, but I don't think he can miss, man. I'm such no. a fan. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's one that I wrote down. And I didn't think this one was real, but it is. And I don't really know much about it. It's not out yet. It's going to be a B movie. Slother House. <laughs> It's about a killer sloth. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I did see something about it's that. Real. <laughs> it's real. Is that, is that in the vein of like the. Oh, um, Those other one, that other one you watched. There's like Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, yeah. which I, I haven't gotten to yet. I don't know. Crack Squatch. Crack Squatch. <laughs> what is it? When the Squatch smokes crack, the body starts to stack. <laughs> Oh, but I just saw the name Slother House, and there's like a picture of a girl with a sloth over, and it's like, I was like get the fuck out of here. I'll watch that for comedic value. Oh yeah. Um, and then Saw X. I just, I, I'm sorry, but it's been beaten to death. Spiral was horrible. Oh, that acting was terrible. I don't know; those movies really didn't hold up. I loved one, two, and three. Yep. I thought they were great when they came out, but it just, guys. I mean. And I'm sure they'll sell tickets. I'm sure people will show up in the theater. And Tobin Bell is making his return for this one. But I am solely basing off Spiral. It's Spiral was so awful and it had a great cast. And Chris Rock, I think, either produced it. I think he produced it. So I was like, shit, I'm in, you know? But it just was the. I don't know. Even the dialogue between the actors, it was just so awful. And I mean, if somebody enjoyed it, like write to us on Facebook. But I, I, I know you felt the same way, man. Spiral was awful. It was painful. Yeah. Like, there was like really solid actors in this shit too, I and know, I was like, Chris I Rock, know. cool. Like, yeah. You know, I had high hopes. So did I, and I was like, it's gonna be a spinoff. Yeah. You know, but oh, so uh, bad. It, it struck me. It got to the point when I was watching it. It got to that weird level of like, what is going on here with that Predator movie that Shane Black did? That was so awful. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. I, that's what I was saying before too. Is like the the dialogue in the characters. Like. Yeah. It was so. At at some point, I was like, wait, is this on purpose? Like, is this supposed to be like, this bad? Is that like their uh, their their shtick here? Like, you know. And I uh, after I watched Spiral, I went back and watched the first Saw movie. It doesn't hold it up. It doesn't hold up. And it's got great actors. Like, Carrie Ellis is awesome. I Dude, you, yeah. Listen, Princess Diaries oh, will yeah. always be one of my favorite yep. movies. Yep. Um, but it doesn't. You go back and you watch that movie, and it's like, it was cool. It's just like the first Blair Witch Project. But even that, I think, held up better than the first yeah. Saw. 
Um, Terrifier 3. I'm jazzed. I, I can't <laughs> wait, dude. I We can't talk enough about Terrifier. If you have not seen Terrifier or Terrifier 2, yeah. stop what you're doing and go watch them. Because yeah. Terrifier 3... I'm, my only fear is that he's billing it to be more extreme. And I believe Damien Leone. Yeah, like, I think he's yeah. going to deliver. But I hope there's not too much hype. I know. You know what I, I mean? Just, like, I, ah. I didn't see an article earlier that he brought that kind of brutal stuff into the mainstream. And he did. Like, he really did. I mean, there's something to be said about him bringing those types of movies uh-huh. into theaters and then back into theaters. Do you remember the first night that we watched the first I thought Terrifier? it was bullshit. Yeah. I, we did, we, both was, of us it, were it like... It was literally like a movie you would see in like the cheese section at your Correct. Corner, right? And you're like... Blown yeah. away. But dude, that was, like, <laughs> was whoa. It didn't take long either. We're like, yo, this shit's serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I never expected a second one and the second one came out and I watched that. Yeah. I don't know if you watched it first or if I did. I think you did. I did. Because I remember I told you to buckle up. Oh my <laughs> God. I, but anyway, so that's another one we've talked about. So uh, one I want to make a little side note here. Yeah, though, yeah. Because speaking of movies with that amount of brutality. The, don't get me wrong, this movie was fantastic. But if you have not read the novel of American Psycho, go do it. I the movie was completely watered down. Believe it is unbelievable. What you're telling me from the book and yeah. the movie, and I yeah. liked Christian Bale. Oh, and it I was liked great that movie. movie. I thought it was good. It's fantastic. But what you've told me from yeah. the book compared to that, and I hate when they do that. And yeah. I, I think, it's important to know at that time, you probably couldn't have gotten, couldn't away, have gotten with, away with, with that. the things they that transpired. Who knows no, 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 what no. the rating would have been? No, no, no. And I think American Psycho did well. Oh, I don't it's know. A fantastic. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but. You've told me about the book, and I actually just bought the book it's, on Amazon. So it's pretty much more on a terrifier level, as far as the, it sounds worse. The depravity, <laughs> yeah, the depravity and the brutality that as as he gets more out of control. Oh, I can't wait! I ordered it. Yeah. It'll be here in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, one I want to touch on is the uh, there's a new Exorcist coming out. The Exorcist, I think it's called Believer. Yep, and it's supposed to be a direct sequel to the 1973. OG movie, more like a like I said earlier, more like a direct sequel, like what they do with uh, Ghostbusters after after like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's a sequel to one and two. Yep, and it continues the storyline, and they fit it all in there. If it's done correctly, and I will, I'll share a quick story here from my childhood. Um, the first time I saw the original Exorcist, I was at a sleepover, and I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old. That movie scared me so much. I was literally like that kid you see like in movies calling his yeah. mom like, yo, come get me. Yeah. Like, I gotta go. Um, and dad, even still, I think if you watch that movie, it, that's held up. It, it is. It, you it's know. still held up. My dad told me seeing that in the theaters was, he goes, he told me, he goes, I didn't sleep for a week. <laughs> I he believe it. He said it was it. just a different experience. Right. Like, nothing, we hadn't seen anything like that. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the first Jaws. And The Exorcist, and there's, yep. you know, a lot of those movies, like, and we talked about this too a while back, like the golden era of these movies, like things you just had not seen, yep. you know. But anyway, well, we gotta keep rolling here, but, um, I don't know, I'm kind of stoked. I hope they do it well. I, I hope do. it's it, it's a, you know, touches back to the 1973 film, because that one, again, even though it's 1973, yeah. holds up pretty well. Yep. Yep. And I think that speaks to practical effects again. Yeah. There was no CGI yeah. in that shit. That no, was all practical yep. effects. And I'm telling you what, those movies, like The Thing, hold up so much better. Still do. Yep. You know, yep. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm a big fan. Yep. Um, oh God, this one just kind of breaks my heart. Return to Silent Hill. 
Just stop. It's yeah. like the re- you're gonna start making them like the Resident Evil movies, mm-hmm. and the Silent Hill games were so brilliant and so oh, terrifying yeah. Oh, yeah. and so moody. Like yeah. just stop, dude. Yeah. Um, they're gonna make a new Quiet Place, which this is a Quiet Place or not so Quiet Place. So we have to talk about so talk about that. But <laughs> a not so quiet. Yeah, I'm not gonna name it that. A Quiet Place Day One, which I think is gonna be mm-hmm. like a throwback to the origin story of a Quiet Place. When I first read that they were doing that, I wasn't jazzed because I was like, shit, man, if John Krasinski and Emily Blunt aren't involved, then I don't really want to be a part of it. Like, I have no interest. But they right, are. Right. So he's going to direct it, write it, that whole deal. So yeah. I have no doubt because I was such a big fan. I love the first one, but I love the second yeah. one even more. I wonder if Cillian uh, Murphy's character is going to make a reappearance too because remember he was Oh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, God. I think... A Quiet Place Part 2 was, like, damn near perfection. Yes. That movie yes. was so fucking killer. So good. Um, yep, and pretty much Cillian Murphy kind of came out to be one of the main guys, too. And yeah, once they met up with him and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's that dude. I, mean, I just started Peaky yeah. Blinders, too, and I'm yeah. not too far into it, but it's really enjoyable. But he's like, a great actor. He's, he's been in so many good things and, like, yep. so solid. Any, anything that he's in, I'm like, I'm watching it, man. Up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's <laughs> why I started Peaky guys. Blinders. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, listen, I, this dude's so solid. Like, yeah. everyone, there's a lot of hype about Peaky Blinders, too, but like, I was like, if he's in it, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. It's killer yeah. so far. I love it. Um, Dune, part two. Ugh, I can't wait. Dune, the first one, if you haven't seen it, if you're not familiar, I don't... I think if you're not familiar, it's hard to describe the universe that is yeah, Dune. It's... Um, I know David Lynch originally did his adaptation, which was good. Yeah, but back in the day. I remember that. He couldn't fit all that happens in Dune in this, like, an hour and a half movie. No, uh, you can't. I, and yeah. I, Denny Feel New is just... Brilliant. Like, he has all the little details down from the novels. The one that just got released was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was really, yeah. really killer. Um, just even the trailer for the second one had me like... When and the cast. He, when he mounts the sandworm, I was like, oh, man. That's the thing. It, Dune the cast is, is stacked, yes. Again, if you're not familiar with it, it's sort of hard to describe because there's it's, a lot of there's a lot to it. There's, it's a lot of... I think it's one of the most brilliant sci-fi things out there because it's... I agree. Here you got Paul Atreides, he's the son of a duke. Um, well, I think that's the thing that's important, is there's a lot of politics there's and a, a lot like of hierarchy. And, and like, there's a lot of yeah. politics, a lot of religious speculation mm-hmm. and fanaticism as Very well. in-depth, and all those things, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's pretty much, he becomes this uh, powerful religious leader, Mwadib, they call him, yeah. which, is, which is a small, hardy little desert mouse, which they actually show in the first movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much breaks the government that's crippling the the empire. That's because he can see way into the future. He can see what's going to happen. And I just think I don't think you even need really, to be that versed in the Dune universe to enjoy no, the first movie. Think, it was just a I think really Dune well Dune done. Did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, I agree. Everything and again, and even if you haven't read the books, like it's fantastic. I can't stress enough on the cast of the first oh. one. And then the cast of the part two that they're coming yep. out, because it is killer. They got Christopher Walken. I mean, just across Florence the board. Pugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Batista's awesome. I will watch anything that Florence Pugh is <laughs> in. I'm sorry. Yep. And Whatever. then uh, the guy, he's... Stellan Skarsgård is... Um, the head of the Harkonnen there, Baron Harkonnen. And then, I forget... <sighs> The actor's name, but he's Fade Ralph the Harkonnen. That guy's awesome too. And he play, it was the guy that played Elvis recently. 
Oh shit! I can't think opponent. of his name. Yeah. yeah, I meant to watch that new Elvis movie yeah. too. It's not really in I my heard vein. It's good. Yeah, yeah, but I've heard good things too. Um, just a quick couple like honorable mentions. Like we've spoken about, like you search like top twenty movies to like horror movies stream on Netflix. Yep. Um, if you haven't seen In the Tall Grass, I recommend it. Just a very like straight to the point kind of suspense. I wouldn't call it horror. Yeah. Um. Kind of a different take. Not like anything I'd really ever seen. But I don't know. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I think everybody's seen Bird Box. I think it got enough. I, I just... Yeah. I don't know, man. It was good. One watch. It's not worth re-watching. I don't think... There's another one that's... Uh, it's Bird Box Barcelona that, yeah, that just came yeah, out. Yeah, I'm yeah. sort of interested to see, yeah. but I don't know. To me, that kind of always... That sort of like... Uh, I don't want to say copied a, a Quiet Place... But it was kind of the same. Like yeah. it kind of came out afterwards, yeah. and I was like, "Shit!" I, I'm sure they filmed it before it was released, so I, I'm not saying they're, they're they copied it. But it, right. I don't know. It's kind of the vibe I got. Gerald's Game. If you haven't seen Gerald's Game or haven't read the book because it's Stephen King, watch it. It's on Netflix, I think. Still, if that shit is uncomfortable, um, just like the ab- adaptation of um, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Gerald's Game is the same. Not the same, but it's just so uncomfortable. And yeah. I don't want to give too much away. Um, definitely worth a watch. And the other one that I had written down was Hush. I think Hush was just like a fun, like... That was good. Suspense, was good, like... It was a different... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, not like... You don't really have to invest any time into no, it. but it wasn't totally your run-of-the-mill. Not garbage, like no. suspenseful and kind of yeah. like, you know, but not like... Yeah. I think that one's really accessible. Because you got to kind of put yourself in the woman's shoes, because that would be... St- We'll we'll give a pretty brief description. Like, Gerald's Game, I don't want to give too much away because very, like, from the beginning of the movie, how it develops after the fact, like, it would be me spoiling it from telling you. But, so Hush is uh, a woman who rents a house and she's a writer and she's deaf. And someone starts to... I don't even think he was actually trying to rob the place. He starts fucking with her. Yeah. But he very quickly realizes that she's deaf. And it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's almost got like a revenge vibe to it too. Yeah. And she starts to fight back and it's, it's yeah. pretty killer, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're almost at two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I want to bring up before we go, um, anybody that listens to this, the Smiths, um, are putting on Metal Fest, September 23rd. And some of you know, some of you don't know, Mike and I are in a band called Thinning the Veil, and we're going to be playing there. That's going to be our first show. It's going to be killer, I think. It's always a fun show. It's, it's a free just such a good vibe. DIY show. There's you know, be a pizza truck this year. I yeah, like it's such a good time. No Get dick smash some chairs. <laughs> there should be all the chairs smashed. But anybody who's listening to this, September twenty third, it's the uh, Sportsman Club on Kaido. On Kaido. I think six o'clock is when it starts. Yep. I I don't love to like plug other things but like an easy death is going to be there misery falls us i, I there's not a bad time to be had no <laughs> it's gonna be all. so fucking killer man i'm so stoked about it it's my first show in probably five six years mm-hmm. it's my first non-acoustic show in even longer than yeah, that right. so i i can't wait um that's it man i think that was that was we covered some ground there (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody we will see you next time bye